Well, hello, everyone. Hey, I got some announcements for our church for this week, so pay close attention, okay? These are very important. Hey, uh, our women's Bible study is going to be starting back up February 6th at 6.30 p.m. That's Tuesday evenings. Uh, There should be more info on the app, so ladies, if you're interested, join uh, the women's Bible study uh, then, okay? So that's February 6th at 6.30 p.m. Uh, our men's group, uh, they're meeting every Tuesday at 6.30 here at the church as well. Great group of guys. Uh, so men, you are invited to join them for Tuesday evenings. Also, coming up this month, uh, this, this upcoming week, this Wednesday, January 24th at 6.30 p.m. is our next night watch. This is a night of ministry and prayer and worship. And uh, it's a really, it's a great time. And uh, I would encourage you to join us for that. That's going to be this Wednesday, January 24th at 6.30 p.m. We also have a baptism coming up. This is a, it's a great one, very memorable because the water is uh, cold, but good. You know, uh, it's it's not that cold, right? You can kind of get in and, you know, nobody's freezing. At least it hasn't happened yet. But anyway, baptism is going to be this Saturday, uh, January 27th at 9 a.m. at Bay Honda Beach. We go to the Calusa side. It's a great time. We'll sing some songs, do some baptisms. If you've never been baptized before, do it. It's a great thing to do. It's a must do. Uh, you can sign up for the baptisms on the app. We want to make sure you get a t-shirt and a certificate, so sign up. Great things to do. We also have uh, one more youth coming up soon. That'll be February 7th. Uh, at 6.30 p.m., we invite our middle schoolers and high schoolers uh, to join us for a great night of fun and, and games. And we, you know, we'll sing some worship songs and learn about the Bible. So great time uh, for youth-aged people, okay? So that's February 7th at 6.30 p.m. Those are the critical announcements I have for this week. So glad you're here. Really pumped up for church. And with all that being said, let's get ready for church. Woo! Everybody online, welcome. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop into worship. We had a great time earlier, so looking forward to spending that time with you. Then we're going to wrap up the series we've been doing called Kingdom Revealed. Uh, and I need to introduce one more group of characters in the story, if you would, uh, the Elohim. So get your Bibles, get comfy, get a coffee, because here we go. Woo! Good morning, family. It is wonderful seeing all your faces, hearing your voices. We're looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do this morning, if all goes well. We are going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through Bible verse. We'll dismiss them all off to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We're going to be finishing up Kingdom Revealed, um, introducing the Elohim, talking about a whole bunch of really interesting things. But before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for the work you've already been doing 
in the previous service, Lord, and we ask for more of that. We thank you for what you've been doing in our hearts through this week. We thank you for making yourself known. Lord, this morning we remind ourselves that we aren't here in this room for us. We're here for you. We're here to declare your goodness. We're here to thank you for your great works. We're here to thank you for what you're going to do. in your kingdom work and the naturally supernatural that you have for us each day. We love you so, so much and we thank you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty and everlasting God, you who rule over all things in heaven and on earth. In your great mercy, hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace all the days of our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body. Take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal. The bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. Yes. 
So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to start our time of worship now. And I always like to encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices and to praise the Lord. He's worthy of our praise. We're going to see the words on the screen so we can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. We speak the name of Jesus.
him with me. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, and all but a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation. I've been purchased by Spirit, and I'm washed in His blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day.
beautiful choir. I am There you go. Why is that? Because we're watching and waiting and we're looking
Somebody's getting saved right now. Oh, the power of the 
Lord, we thank you for your sweet presence here this morning. We thank you for the renewing that you're doing today. Lord, we pray that you would bless the words that are going to be spoken to us this morning, that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive and learn. Bless the speaker, Lord. Give him the words he needs to guide us well. We ask also that, Lord, you would bless the workers who are taking care of our kids this morning. Give them every word and thought and provision they need to teach our kids and show our kids your wonderful love for them. We love you so much, God. And it's in your holy name we pray, pray Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the kids a Bible verse? They're so bright. Hello. Are you guys, brother? Hi, Caleb. Good to see you. Hi, boys and girls. I'm so excited today. We're going to continue to learn about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to learn about the book of Galatians, right? Okay. Ready Ready to hear? Listening ears? Good. Okay. So we are introduced to Paul who was a missionary. That means that he traveled all over, guys, and he preached to Jews and non-Jews, right, and taught them the gospel of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? He did. And one of the cities, hello, that he went to was called Galatia. Sometime later, he learned that the people of Galatian were listening to bad teachers. Is it good to listen to bad teachers, guys? No, right? False teachers, no. And they were listening to them. And some were teaching that Christians needed to follow the law in order to be saved. Is that true, boys and girls? No, right? Yeah. Paul told them... Oh, so everybody can hear me. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody can hear me. Yes. Okay. And, right, so he wrote them a letter, right, and told them, stop listening to these false teachers, right? Stop listening to them. He told them that Christ has set us free so we can live in freedom, right? Jesus' death had bought them Freedom from following the law. Salvation comes through, right, Christ to Jesus, to putting our trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. It is a free gift, right? And no, yeah, and we do not get it or earn it by following any law, right? That's what he told them. And then he began to explain to them that God changes our hearts, when we trust in Jesus, right? God sends us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit guides us and gives us the power to become more and more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit changes the way that we think and the way that we act, right? And he told them, live by following the Holy Spirit and you will produce good fruit. He told them that if you live by following only your desires, only what you want to do, 
the fruit that you bear, right, will not be good for you. So what does the fruit look like? Well, he told them in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Good, you know it. Good, Ava. Yes, he told them that, right? He told them that these are proof that the Spirit lives in us and that this fruit is very pleasing to the Lord. Isn't that good? Good job. All right, guys. Are you ready to say the Bible verse with me? Yeah. All right, repeat after me. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. All right. But the fruit of the Spirit is... But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness. Patience, kindness, goodness. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Excellent job, boys and girls. Yeah. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Yes, he is. And Georgina is going to pray for our kids, and then you guys will get to go to Sunday school. Hi, Claire. All right, boys and girls, you ready? So now we get to talk to the Lord. Ready? So what do we do when we talk to the Lord so we don't get distracted? Yeah, let's close our eyes and let's bow our heads, okay? Ready? One... <laughs> Two, three. Father in heaven, thank you so much for our children, Lord. Thank you for protecting them and providing for them, Lord God. Thank you for showing them, Lord God, what it is to bear your fruit, Lord God, what it is to love well, Lord. I pray that they would know that you love them so very, very much, Lord God. And I thank you for sending them a helper to help them become more and more like you. In Jesus' name, what do we say? Amen. Good job, Caleb. Amen. Have fun, kids. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Yay, Sunday school, but there is snack. It's a good motivator, you know? It is for me. I don't know. Have you had a snack yet today? I have not yet had a snack. But uh, it's biblical snacking a nap. Snacking a nap. Mm-hmm. That's right. We've taught that many times here. Yes, we have. Sometimes that's all that's required. <laughs> Most times. <laughs> Welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you with us today. Welcome to those of you joining us online as well. Uh, happy to be with you, and uh, look forward to spending these next few minutes together as the. Children get settled. Mm-hmm. Let's see what works. Hey, yay. So um, that QR code that's in the house right now, that will take you to a spot on our website with some interesting stuff. The uh, fill-in notes are there, which are you can follow along and email it to yourself when you're done. The uh, Connect card is there, digital Connect card. If you're new, we'd love for you to fill that out. It's pretty simple. Um, 
The uh, listening assistance, how to do that is there. It works through your phone. works really well. And uh, also the translation app is there. Uh, we translate this service and the next service into 30 different languages. So uh, if you would rather hear me in a different language, uh, <laughs> there's 30 of them to pick from. And uh, it happens through your phone. You can either read along or listen along. It's very close and very real time. So very cool. exciting things. And I also wanted to say, as people look at that, uh, this coming week, Wednesday night, we have a night watch, uh, which is at 6.30. Night watch is a very, it's a very, I think it's a precious little intimate time, acoustic worship, and we just get together and we tune in and worship and see what Holy Spirit's up to and pray for people, and it's just, uh, it's nice. So if you'd like to be a part, that'll be Wednesday at 6.30, and then Saturday, baptisms are happening at Bea Honda. Uh, We've got a nice group already signed up. Uh, you need to be baptized if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you haven't been baptized. I call that a biblical non-negotiable. That needs to happen. Uh, it connects you to the family in a very special way, the family of 2,000 years now. That's very cool. Um, and so if you've never been baptized, come for that. Uh, and, and the other folks will come because they don't remember being baptized. And I'm not saying it didn't work. Uh, it's just such a powerful memory if you don't have one. You might want to consider making one. It's supposed to be nice this Saturday. It's going to be warm. Um, we were, I've said half a dozen times, I'm glad it wasn't yesterday. Yeah. Because all day. It, it would he have been a little chilly. Uh, I'm but glad today wasn't It's going to be good. Sign up on the app so we know you're coming or on the website. And we can have a t-shirt and a certificate already for awesome. you. Very cool. Now, uh, when we gather, we pray for our neighbors. Um, this is a very important ministry, maybe the most important ministry for all of us that will ever engage in while we're here. Uh, and it's praying for the people that are right around you. So think about a couple of your neighbors. Let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways and draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. And help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. amen. Good job. So uh, I got to use my phone to do this. It's going to trip you up, but you're going to be all right. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. I can, I can <laughs> different times. My clicker is not clicking. At least you don't have to push any buttons. I'm not pushing buttons. Yeah. No, just And we one. have backup systems in place. It's just <laughs> getting to them. Um, we're in a series called Kingdom Revealed. And this has been a deep look at Genesis 1 and 2. This is our 10th week. I'm wrapping mm-hmm. it up today. Uh, and next week we'll start a new series called Kingdom Rebellion, and we're going to look at Genesis 3 through Genesis 11 in that series. Um, Genesis 1 and 2 are uh, important foundational chapters to the whole story, mm-hmm. and Genesis 3 through 11 are the next sort of very, very mm-hmm. important foundational group, and all together you will see what's happening in Genesis 1 through 11 repeated often throughout the scripture. So we yeah. want to take time and dig into um, these chapters And uh, we've looked at some really cool things in Genesis 1 and 2, and I'll touch on that. But one more group that I need to introduce before we move out of this series is uh, the Elohim, Mm -hmm. the angels, and what they're doing and what's going on. So that's what we're going to do before we go. Bad jokes. And apparently these are very, very bad. They're so bad, y'all. And the second one I really enjoyed, and no one else has. Well, that's a clue. Well, no. I I, I think it's a... I, I haven't presented it well yet. 
But the first one is okay. This morning, or yeah, actually not this morning, yesterday, uh, we got to the house and I saw an envelope mm-hmm. on the doorstep and it said, do not bend. And I stood there for ages trying to figure out how to pick it up. Got a better laugh this service. But you set it up. By, I set it up yeah. a little better. This is the one that yes. I think is a, a new classic. Stupid. Do racehorses slow down when they see police horses? <laughs> see, I knew there'd be somebody here. There's always somebody that has pity in my It's family. hilarious. It's okay. I thought I laughed at that and laughed at that. Yeah. Maybe none of you slow down when you see a police car, but I doubt it. <laughs> Even if you're not going fast, not everybody has to slow down. They they do do it instinctively, I think. Is that true? Is that true? I don't know. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'm going to take this and I'm going to ask you, please, to lead us uh, in the reading of the word and pray for us. I'm going to do my best. All right. Let's pray and then we'll read the word together. Lord, you're so good to us and we're so grateful for your presence here this morning. Papa, sometimes it feels like we're walking on cobblestone streets in high heels, but we long for streets of gold. Lord, we see through a glass very darkly, but we long to see you face to face. Papa, as we go through our week, straighten our path. Give us all the tools we need to image you well. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the lovely book of Psalms. This one is Psalm 89, beginning at verse 5. The heavens praise your wonders, Lord, your faithfulness, too, in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can sit. Okay, so, 10th week in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, and we've introduced some really important things into the story, and that my, my hope is, is that it has created for you some mental images of what's going on as you read the Bible, because those images, those mental images, uh, will be referred back to over and over again as you read through the scripture. These, a lot of these things repeat, uh, and are just... They look at them a little differently. And so what we, uh, my hope is that you have this picture of uh, creation as this cosmic temple. And by that, I mean it's a, a temple is a place where heaven and earth meet. That's how it was understood. And that God was creating there in Genesis a cosmic temple, a place where heaven and earth meet. And that the picture is that it was on a mountain, uh, and it's this glorious temple picture. Uh, there's a garden there that's incredible. There's water that flows out of the whole thing, life-giving water. There's a tree of life in the middle of the garden. And, and that it's... God creates us and we're with him and it's glorious. It's good, 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 very good. 
And that's God's ideal. That's his heart. God wanted a place where he could dwell with his human family and we could dwell with him. We would be with him forever. And we were going to go from that beginning in Eden, that cosmic temple, and we were going to go through the rest of the planet in partnership with him because he created us to co-rule with him. And we were going to make it all like that. That's how the story sort of sets up. And it's important that we know that that. It was all, God did a really good, can you imagine no shame and no guilt? Can you imagine relationships that are perfect all the time? Can you imagine that everything was created for you? He, when, and when he gave the divine command and he said, you're free to do and eat from everything. It's all yours except for this one thing. Everything you, that you just would enjoy life and enjoy God and enjoy people. It was glorious. And that's the heart of God. And so he sets that up and we've looked at those things together. And then we talked how he, he created us, as I said, to co-rule with him. Uh, he made us with just a little lesser. He gave us his qualities and, and everything that we needed to rule with him well uh, and move in that direction. Did God need us? No. But God wanted us. That's the heart of God. He wants to partner with his family to do things. He doesn't need us. He wants us. And, and that's God's heart, is to be in relationship with this family that he created. And so he gives us all that we need to make sure that we can do that well, things like intelligence and creativity, all of those things are ours. And and we have this vocation. It's very cool. So that's how the story sets up. I've spent a lot of time talking about it. Uh, and if that if you're just coming in on this sermon, then you have something to do this afternoon. Go watch your first night. And, uh, and then you'll be current. I said that a couple of weeks ago. What could be better than an afternoon with me on the TV? Probably pretty much everything. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, anything else? There's football games on, Steve. Get serious. <sighs> All right. So before, but before God created us, his human family, he had already created another family, a heavenly family, a spiritual family. And um, they're in the stories. We often think of them as uh, angels. Um, but they're more than angels. It's actually a, a, a whole spiritual family, a heavenly family that he created. The Bible calls them the sons of God, which is a family term. And, and so it's a family of God. And the, they're, they're known as the Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-M. And uh, because of the font, they're all caps, but it should be a little E there, all right? E, little E, Elohim. And this is a reference to the spiritual family that God created before he created us. Well, how do we know that? And, and why technically aren't we seeing them? We don't really see them jumping off the page at us in Genesis uh, 1 and 2. Well, uh, we find out about them in another book in the Bible. Um, this is the book of Job. And, so we, and we have that thing when we read the Bible, because Genesis is the first book, we assume it's the oldest book in the Bible. It could be. It may not be. It could be that Job is actually written before Genesis, and Job has information that predates Genesis 1 anyway, so uh, it doesn't really matter which was first, but we have information here that's important to us as we go, and and here's this discussion where God is, God is talking through uh, things that are happening, and he says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimension? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line? across it, uh, on what uh, were its footing set, or who laid its cornerstone. And, and they're picturing, uh, 
painting a picture here of how the uh, original hearers of the Bible would understand what creation looks like and how it goes. Uh, and he said, God says, while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. So before God did all of that stuff that we read in creation, the heavenly family existed. The word angels there is Elohim, little E-L-O-H-I-M. And um, so this is the family of God, the heavenly family, the spiritual family uh, that God had created before he created us. And so what it adds to the story dynamic is this, that God's heart was that he was going to make this place, this cosmic temple, that would ultimately be the, this whole planet. And he wanted to be here, uh, and he wanted his human family with him. He wanted to dwell with us. He also wanted the spiritual family with him. It was going to be a place where... Um, we could enjoy God, and the heavenly family could enjoy God, and God could enjoy the heavenly family and the spiritual family, and we could enjoy one another. That's the ideal. That's the heart of God. We're going to blow all that up. We're going to see that next week as we start. But that ideal is what we're heading back to in Revelation 22. That's what God wants. God's never given up on the ideal. We've taken it all over the place. He's doing what he needs to to set it back. That's what we're coming to. It's going to be like glorious. I mean, I, that's a whole other sermon, and I will jump into that from time to time, but I don't have the time to do that today. And so what we have then introduced is that. So we, got, we have God, we have a heaven and earth connection here on the planet, we have the heavenly beings and the earthly beings, us, and we're all together, and that's what God wants. It's going to be, whoo, God is excited, it's going to be so good. Good, 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 very good. <laughs> However, little problem going to look at in the next series. What happens is that some of the spiritual family apparently doesn't like the idea of a human family. And well, that's interesting. Why is that? Well, and I, I sort of think of it as a, it's kind of a jealousy thing, because actually when you read the scripture, we end up with a better deal. Um, ultimately, there's that. But it's, I try and look at it this way. If, if you're in a family, maybe you can relate to this, where you had uh, one child uh, for a while, and that child got used to being the child, and then you had another child, you're never really sure how that first child is going to react. Either that child is going to be really excited, huggy yay, or you can't leave the two in a room uh, alone for a while because you're not sure what's going to happen. Don't, did you leave them together? Get them out of there. The, the spiritual family doesn't like some of them, this idea of a human family. And what we'll see starting in the next chapter is they're going to... The first plan is to cause us to live in a way that God says, well, that was a bad idea and get rid of us. That, he doesn't do that. God never gives up on his ideal, which is good news for us. But anyway, that's what's coming uh, and where we'll go. A little bit more on the Elohim, little E-L-O-H-I-M, just to make sure because many people, when they've heard this word Elohim, they assume that it's always talking about big G God. We'll use... Big letters and lowercase letters. Big G God. Because it does refer to God at times, but it's a bigger word than that. It, it actually is a, it's like a genre, if you would. It refers to any being who uh, has as their sort of address the heavenly realms. So it's, it's all of the spiritual beings are Elohim. God, however, is different than all the rest of the Elohim because he created them. If, El Elohim, big Elohim. Um, there's a difference. And the Bible will make sure that we understand that there's a difference by describing God in different ways, in different situations. But 
it is used of God sometimes, like in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. That's the word that's used. But a little later on in Deuteronomy 32, that same word is used to describe demons. Uh, they sacrifice to false gods, Elohim, which are not big G God, Elohim, gods they had not known, uh, and gods that had recently appeared, gods your ancestors did not fear. We're going to talk more about all of these Elohim in this next series. But anyway... So, you need to remember that it just refers to any inhabitant of the heavenly realm. God is clearly distinguished as above them all, because He created them all. Ascribe to the Lord, and that will be a word that's not Elohim, that's used of God. And your translation might have that all capitals, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital E. Some are just capital O. Yeah, you heavenly beings, that would be the lesser ones, the Elohim. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. So make sure you hear that um, God, there's still no one like God. Even though there's other heavenly beings that he created, none of them are equal to God. None of them compare to God. He's their creator and king just as he is ours. The psalmist says this in Psalm 89. For who in the skies above the heavenlies can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. So this is about heavenly beings. The council of the holy ones is a very real thing we need to talk about in a second. And it will pop up throughout the scripture. But even in this council uh, or assembly of heavenly beings, God is still God and there is no other like him. He has no equal so you need to make sure you know that as we go through the story. Now, what is this thing, this council? Because what I, I believe happens for most of us if we read through the scriptures, uh, particularly in the Psalms, but in a lot of the stories, uh, this council of the holy ones, this assembly is there and we don't understand it so we don't press in to try and figure out what it is. And it, we, we lose part of the story by not sort of digging in to find out what's going on. And so... Just in uh, much as the same way where God created us to help him co-rule the planet and to steward creation, he didn't need us, he wanted us, that's how God does things. God has these heavenly beings he created, he didn't need to have them, he wanted to have them, and he includes them uh, in the things, some of the things that are going on. That's what's happening at the council. He's still God though. So just make sure you, you hang on to that. Psalm 82. Verse 1, God presides in the great assembly, this council, he renders judgment among the little e Elohim, the gods. So you may have seen and read Psalm 82 a lot of times and never really thought about that whole thing, but it, the more you look for it, the more it happens. A great sort of picture of this that I would encourage you to read this week uh, happens in uh, 1 Kings chapter 22. And it's the, it's the story of um, Ahab... Uh, <laughs> So, I'll set it up for you, because I like to tell stories. Ahab is a is an evil king. He's a horrible person. I mean, just horrible. And he's the king of Israel. And there's a king in Judah. That would be the other kingdom, the southern kingdom. And um, Ahab can't... There's somebody Ahab wants to defeat, but he can't do it alone. So he's going to try and get joined up with the southern kingdom. Together, he thinks they can take him out. So, king of Judah comes, and uh, they're hanging around, and Ahab uh, says, hey, why don't you join with me? We're going to go wipe these people out. Take, It'll be great. And uh, king of Judah is like, I don't know. You got any prophets? I love that story. Ahab says, yeah, I got lots of prophets. Bring them in. Come on. And the, 
prophets come in, you know, they have prophets and they go, do it, you're going to be awesome, you're going to go, and it's going to be great. And the king of Judah kind of said, huh, that was a pretty easy thing. Uh, you got any other prophets? <laughs> Ahab shakes his head, yeah, I got one more prophet. His name's Micaiah. I don't like him because he never says anything good. So I don't invite him to any of these things. And Judah says, well, let's get him and see what king of Judah. Let's get him and see what he says. And so, uh, so sure enough, they invite Micaiah in, and he has something completely different what's going on. And he's going to tell these two kings what's happening by, by sharing with them what's going on in uh, a council of the heavenly. So let me get there and read it to you. Uh, Micaiah continues. So he's telling this is what he saw. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the multitudes of heaven standing around him on his right and his left. It's a picture of this council going on. Uh, uh, and the Lord said, who will entice Ahab into attacking Ramoth Gilead and, and going to his death there? Ahab was so evil, it was time for him to be dealt with. Uh, one suggested this and another. I love that. So these heavenly beings are tossing out some ideas to God. Oh, you love that picture? How about this? How about this? And finally, one of them says, uh, I will entice him, he says to the Lord. Uh, and, and God said, how are you going to do that? Uh, I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all his prophets. Well, then you'll succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. And uh, Micaiah comes back and he says the story. So now the Lord has put a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all these prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. So he, Micaiah, Micaiah comes in and just says, all these guys are lying and here's why they're lying. And don't, if you go, this is what's going to happen. Well, they don't listen to him and they, they, they get, they get their just desserts in the end. But the picture is this, that God is listening and allowing his heavenly counsel to be a part and to have ideas and to project them. It's a picture of something that he gave them, that he gives us, which I'm going to end the sermon with here in a few minutes. Uh, it's a thing called free will, the ability to make decisions and choices. So they have it as well. It's important to know that they have it. So uh, he doesn't need them to rule everything and run everything. He chooses to partner with him in the same way that he chooses to partner with us. I saw an example of that. I said it pops up all the time once you look for it. Just a few weeks ago, I was reading, uh, doing a new Bible reading plan. It's a new year. Uh, and, and so it started at Genesis, where a lot of them start. Genesis 18, 19, and 20. It's the story of Lot. And I, I saw in there as I was reading this little mini council. Uh, because uh, the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Uh, and there's a lot of pictures being drawn there about a garden scene, and it's the heat of the day instead of the cool of the day. But the Lord shows up. It's very cool. And Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance to his tent and met them and bowed low to the ground. And the writers are describing it. They look like men, um, but we know that one is the Lord and the other two are heavenly beings uh, of some sort. Uh, and when the men got up to leave, later on in the passage, they looked down towards Sodom and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. I, I love this. <laughs> so God is funny. With So the Lord says... Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Why is that funny? He's ta- well, God is talking to the angels, but Abraham is standing right there. Like, like he's not. Do you ever get that thing when someone's talking about you and you're like, hey, I'm right here. That's what I get with it. I'm right here. Hide what? What are you going to do? And they go on and talk about what's going to happen. Uh, and then it goes on a little further. The Lord said, verse 20, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great 
And their sins so grieved. The outcry there, that's a, a picture too of what we'll look soon at uh, Cain and Abel. That the, the spilt blood actually cries out to the Lord in a way that God has to deal with it. It's evil is so bad, it needs to be dealt with. I'm going to go down and see what they've done. And to see if it's as bad as the outcry that has reached me. And if not, I will know. And the men, the two heavenly beings, turned away and went towards Sodom. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. So there's this little mini council of what they're going to do. This time, actually, they have Abraham in there. And he tries to barter for some stuff. Um, but evil is is so significant at the time. And, and, and this leads to a, a really sort of important question is why. Is there evil in the world? And uh, this is one we have to be able to, at some level, answer when people ask it. You have to have some idea why they're evil. Because if you're like me, you will encounter people who will say to you, well, if God is really good, why does he do this? And why does he allow that? And why is this happening? And wouldn't a good God, and how can a God of love do this? I don't know if you've ever had those questions. But we, we need to have some kind of answer for what's going on. Why is there evil in the world? And if you go now and go back and read Genesis 18, 19, and 20, it's horrific. It's a horrible story. It's horrible. The evil portrayed there is horrible. The decisions that people are making are horrible. And you're like, why is that even in the Bible? Why, why, do, we, why do we have this in the Bible? And these things are there. Those horrible stories are there. Because that's how, um, unfortunately, twisted we can become. Even if we don't think we are. Lot doesn't think he's twisted, but he's twisted in his decisions. And it's this evil twist that comes ultimately, as I've said, and I'll say this one more time before I'm done, that we want to define good and evil for ourselves instead of allowing God to do it. That's at the heart of all the problems, all right? So, So why is there evil in the world? And I've been setting this up is that God's heart was to have his heavenly family and his earthly family together with him forever in the coolest of ways, on a, on a perfect, you know, planet where we have things to do and it's exciting and adventurous and there's, thank you. And, uh, sometimes my watch wants to help me close up. Uh, everything is good, 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 very good. And, and God said, it's all yours. I just, everything I've got it. I've done it for you. Enjoy it. Just stay away from this one tree. And that's where people get mad. Like he shouldn't have given. Why did he put that one tree there? Because, here's at the root of it, God wants relationship with his created beings, but he wants to make sure they choose to be in relationship with him. If you didn't have some sort of other choice, then it wouldn't be a love relationship. It would just be that you'd be more like slavery than anything else. You didn't have an option. And so God wants to make sure there's a choice. And that choice is this other tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right near the tree of life, you actually walk walk by one to see the other. And taking... People go, what, what was it? It was either you, you hang out with God, the tree of life, and you experience life in him, and you wait for him for his wisdom and his direction and his leading, or you decide you can't wait for any of those things, and you're going to take it for yourself. You're going to define good and evil for yourself. And that's what all of us have done. Every single one of us throughout the course of our lives has chosen to define good and evil instead of allowing God to define it and waiting on his timing. And in that, we, we blow up the whole work. It, that's what we're going to read about in these next 11, 8 chapters of Genesis, the, the rebellion that sets in and how bad it really is, is why those stories are there. So God's heart was to give us the ability to choose. And God wasn't surprised by what we do. Um, and so he's already got a solution in place. 
before it all happens. It's fascinating to know that God knew that in, in giving us the ability to choose, we would choose wrongly, and, and he was going to have to come and fix it, and he was willing to do that. But he still, that was important that we chose to be in relationship. <laughs> we got a runner. <laughs> he's like, he's talking too long today. I'm out. <laughs> Does he look to his watch lately? He doesn't listen to it. But he should look at it every now and again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, to be holy and blameless. God has a plan in place to make sure that we can be reconciled to him forever, and that's going to begin to develop as we press on to the story. And so he can give us the ability to choose because he's going to come and pay for all of our bad choices. All right. That's the, the story quickly and it sets us up for next week. Uh, and if you get a chance, please read Genesis 3 before you come next week because that's where we're going to take off. Really amazing what happens there. And from there it builds and builds and builds. So uh, done. Ministry team. Those of you here want you head over to the wall. And listen, if you're here, uh, obviously you're here, but you've never... <laughs> I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Just in case you're not here. Jesus has made it possible for us to be reconciled to God. To have access once again to the tree of life. That's the story. And he invites us to do it. Our, Our response. Bible. Paul says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, reconnected. You have a way back. And it starts with that, that you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. So we, we, just, we say, we, we say uh, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? If you've never done that, prayed it, thought it, said it, something, do it now, please. It's the best decision you will ever make. It's the beginning of everything for you. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? Amen. Good stuff. If you did that, let someone at the wall know. Have someone pray for you and just encourage you in the Lord. During worship, I I had this word that someone's really struggling with a relationship with your earthly father, and it wasn't a good one. And so your relationship with heavenly father is difficult for you because you don't know what it's like to have a choice. Some choices got taken away from you. And the reason this, this message is so impactful is that you need to know that the God who created you loves you more than any other earthly person. He loves you so much, he's giving you choices. And so let that just encourage your heart today, if any of you can relate to that. Amen. Good word. Thank you. Very good. Uh, we're done here. Thank you, church, for being generous. Appreciate you guys. Partnering with you is a blast. Thank you for being faithful in your giving, tithing, offering. Blessings on you. Doxology. And we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow.
May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll get those doors open for you. Looks like a nice, cool, sunny day. Have fun. Get out there. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be kind in the parking lot. Prayers over there. Bye. Ooh. Ooh, I thought my mic would be off, and it's not. So my mic's on, so we're going to quietly say goodbye, everybody. Love you guys. See you next week.